Hello? Who's there? Awi, <laughs> Naina. Who's your mom? Egua, who's your dad? Welcome to Two Crees in a Pod. I biggest Nitsigasun, Ginekoma My name is Amber Dion and I'm from the Kihiwan Cree Nation right here in Treaty Six Territory. I'm a mother, I'm a social worker, and I'm also an assistant professor with McEwen University School of Social Work, and I am joined by my lovely co-host. Hey, hey! <laughs> My English name is Terry Sengens. I'm from Sally Cree Nation, and I am the Director of Indigenous Initiatives in Keogh Weston at McEwen University. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to the conversations. So welcome to Season 2, Episode 1. Today we are joined by Ashley Albert Hunter. Ashley is uh, a good friend of Amber and I. She is a recent graduate at McEwen University, uh, and she is from Goodfish Lake. I'm going to just pass it over to Ashley just to give us um, just an idea of who she is um, and whatever she is comfortable sharing with all of us today. Hi, Tansa. Makwapamak is Gwil Nitsikasun, Maga Ashley Albert Hunter. Um, yeah, I'm from Goodfish. Um, I'm a mom of two boys. I am married and I recently moved back home after finishing up at McEwen. Um, and it has been quite the journey to say the least in the last three years alone. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. But that's me, and I'm open and willing to share whatever. Thank you, Ashley. So one of the things that we wanted to discuss today uh, and that we had with Ashley um, before starting the podcast uh, episode was her willingness to share with our listeners her journey uh, with cancer. And so, Ashley, um, if you, if whatever you're comfortable with um, sharing us sharing with us, sorry, and taking us through um, the last couple years um, about your journey um, with cancer. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's start from the beginning. And I'm not going to dive into every year. I'm just going to kind of give like a little uh, a synapse of every year, basically. <laughs> but, uh, so it started in 2017. Um And at that time, it was more so just pain and bleeding, just symptoms. um, And it came out of nowhere. And then in 2018, it really uh, progressed. And I was getting, uh, I don't know if you could say this, but I was getting like anal bleeding or Mm -hmm. rectal bleeding. And I was starting to, um, my stomach was growing and I was in a lot of pain. Like I was taking Moltrans like crazy. And I kept going into the hospital, into the hospital, into emergency, like, four times back to back within like six days and they just refused to look into it. Um, And then at that point it got so bad that I ended up in a merge at U of A and they had found a a tumor the size of my fist Mm -hmm. and it had ruptured 80% of my large intestine. So then I had to get the emergency surgery And when I was in there, then I came out of the surgery and they told me that I was at stage, I had stage two colon cancer. And at this point, um, they did all of the testing and it didn't spread, but I did the chemo and sort of the Western, you know, approaches to how to fix this. Um, Mm -hmm. 
just as a precautionary. And I more so did it, you know, for my, my family, like to make them at ease. So I did it, went through it. And I, uh, during all of this, I was still in school, mm-hmm. still trying to <laughs> manage. Just real, just, just real deadly <laughs> to school. Yeah. After. <laughs> <laughs> trying to manage like a, <laughs> a, a club and <laughs> doing strength sports and uh, being in a relationship. And I was working on the weekends. So I was doing like two 12 hour shifts. And it's just like, all right. Just let's just add this to the the plate of things, and then things were good. I was I had a temporary ostomy, and I was going through a lot of changes. And at this stage, I was really fired up. Like anger took took over me a lot, and I was really like, ah, I'm gonna take down the medical system. I'm gonna decolonize it. Like all these different areas of like an indigenous woman and how our voices are so dismissed and our experiences are invalidated and mm-hmm. all like, you know, addressing the high incidence rates of cancer amongst First Nation people in comparison to the rest of the population. Like I was going sociology, like hard in <laughs> with all of this. And you know, that could have been an awesome master's topic right there in itself. Mm-hmm. And I kept going, you know, kept going forward. And then springtime comes around 2019 and the cancer comes back. And this one hurt so bad. It hurt. And oh, my goodness, I had to do the next level. So the first year, 2018, was really in my mind, like, this is where the battle is. This is how we need to address it for everyone, like as a society. And now, and placing myself in that. Mm-hmm. And then 2019 came and it's like, okay, now you have to really look within myself. So I had to do a lot of soul searching in 2019. And I was still in school, <laughs> still being a mom, still working, working two jobs now. I was working at McEwen and on the weekend I was working at, um, a youth care facility and still trying to train. I actually competed like in March in between diagnoses. I did a strongman competition, like just go, go, go. Let's do this. <laughs> That's pretty woman. <laughs> <laughs> so this year I finally took a step back from chemo and I took a step back from what the doctors were telling me because it was really really negative and it was coming from like a deficit place all the time and I was getting really really defeated Mm -hmm. and I was feeling really hopeless and so I dived I just dived right into ceremony like for me I wasn't raised this way so it was a lot of learning it was all right you're on this Mm -hmm. this path of like resurgence and you're on this path of healing and you're on this path of self-discovery and Oh my goodness, what a year. So I just, what the moment that kind of sh- like shifted everything is I went into a UEP ceremony. And this was after the World Indigenous Cancer Conference after that. Um, so I did that academic piece and I spoke my truth and I spread that to the doctors. And I spread that to the physicians and the people that are sitting in these high positions and, mm-hmm. you know, to try and open up that space and be more inclusive and um, 
kind of address those those missing pieces basically in the healthcare system and after the UEP ceremony I was just like a full believer like like I've never had that depth of spiritual experience in my life where I could physically feel you know helpers and my grandma and the messages that I received you know and it was to dance they didn't give me no (laughs) no specific you need to dance power or you need to do this dance or anything it was just you need to dance and during this time I'm meeting all these wonderful people and along the way they're teaching me all these different gifts or things that they were taught um, or passed down to them like learning how to talk to my own spirit and do what feels right and um you know I fasted and then in there I was like okay I need to go Sundance so off I went (laughs) off I went to Idaho and just me and one of my good friends Jessica and you know I was like you know what I don't have much money but I need to be there let's go so we packed up my vehicle and we went we didn't I've never even been to a Sundance in my life ever so it was like this opening experience and it was so welcoming oh my god like the communal love that you experience with in like these ceremonial families is to this day everyone I met checks up on me and they mm-hmm. pray for me and they send love to me and they they all come from such a good place and they have so much stuff to like teach me and help me through things and oh my god I'm so grateful for each and every one of them so I danced there and things were good. Things were looking good again. Um, So on I went and I continued walking this way and trying to learn and, you know, attending more ceremonies and offering prints and asking for prayers. And all along, I've been really um, open and honest and about my experience, Uh, like right from the beginning. Because I don't mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just a lot easier to just live that way and instead of trying to pretend anything else, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so that included all the low, low, lows and all the high, high, highs. And so here I am at my final semester and working. And a lot of the messages that I received were... Um, around healing some things that had happened in my past around like sexual abuse and and then all of the sort of waves that that had impacted you know teenager me or young mom me or mm-hmm. current mom me in relationships like all of those and how to sort of address each of those areas um so I had to go back back all the way to three years old and it is so interesting but hard at the same time is when in 2018 when the cancer first arrived my baby was turning three Hmm. and that is the first time that something had happened to me Mm -hmm. and then the second year when it came back my best friend who well, he was my best friend. I had welcomed him into my home and there was um, 
some disclosures around like him being you know a pedophile and, and a, a child abuser and he was in my home with my boys so then that really like took a turmoil and when it came back so a lot of these incidences are central around like my connection to my kids and mm-hmm. you know to baby Ashley or teenager Ashley um so I had to do a lot of forgiving and then I had some surgeries in between all of this process uh, I had the ile- ileostomy removed in 2018 in December and oh my goodness I remember being in a colonial anthropology class and I was like skyping <laughs> as I'm ready to go into surgery like in a couple hours I'm like just wait (laughs) I I can't miss this class (laughs) oh my goodness but I made it (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) so we were at 2019 all right um so I, I was getting the messages you know you're gonna you're gonna get through this and after the first major surgery I had this dream and it didn't make sense to me until like recently like I swear I swear I passed and when I was in there in my dream I was fighting like fighting along this fence and it was like the the world was so distorted and it was like a challenge and it was like I was just like dragging myself across this fence and pulling and they're like, you know what? It's easier to let go and just go. Or if you come back, you're going to be fighting. And I was. Sorry. Take your time. Yeah, so. So it's been a battle. And having to sort of heal holistically in, in all of those different areas, like emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, um, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. So, um, so here comes the fall. I'm doing my thing <laughs> in school, working, all of this wonderful stuff. Um, and the cancer came back again. Oh, my goodness. And it's. And I'm just like heartbroken. Just like, what am I doing? Or what am I not doing? You know, I tried both approaches. I did the full, let's do the Western approach. Let's do the surgeries. Let's do the chemos, all of that. And then I stopped and then I went the other way. And then now I was at this crossroad of, it's not an either or anymore. You can you can do both. So I just cried when I needed to cry and rested when I needed to rest. And then I pulled up my big girl panties and I did that. Mm-hmm. I combined both approaches and I did um I did chemo again. <laughs> this one was a harsher chemo and I lost my hair. And oh my goodness, I remember I was on my third chemo and I went by myself in the morning 
So I had like, I had to be there like 8 a.m. And then I had class at one. I finished my chemo at noon and I made it. (laughs) 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 And I'm sitting there in class and like, nobody knew, you know, like my hair wasn't falling out at that point. It was at about like the fourth round things started to go really south and I was sick and I was just barely getting through the day come like November Mm -hmm. 2019 November I was just like Mm -hmm. it was heavy it was so heavy um and then I ended up just getting married (laughs) 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 so I was like you know what (laughs) let's do it it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I gave myself two months I planned a wedding (laughs) got married oh my goodness and then um finished up school in december and got married in december and then i had a major major surgery in january 2020 um so i went for that and that one was major like Mm -hmm. so i had already lost uh 80 of my large intestine and then i had the ileostomy and then they reversed it um, and then now this surgery, they took out that last 20%. And now I have a permanent ostomy. And they also took out my entire uterus. So I got a complete hysterectomy. And I lost my left kidney. I have no more gallbladder. I have a bunch of places in my abdominal walls, like oh, six places that they had to take out. Um, part of my bladder was shaved off yeah it's easier to say what's still there to be honest (laughs) (laughs) so I healed from that and I stayed home and I was recovering so and then you know I had to really really change the way I thought about all of these hardships if you want to say or blessings if you want to say um I had to change from this oh I'm fighting cancer to you know I'm withstanding cancer Hmm. you know instead of saying like I lost all of this it's oh I learned all of this you know trying to really frame it differently and like what did this come to teach me And diving into that more and more and looking at it through a whole different lens as opposed to this is hard, this is crappy, this hurts. Yeah, it is that. But why? That next level of why. And um, after I healed up a bit, I went fasting. (laughs) I wanted to complete my second. I want to complete all four years, of course, for sun dancing, but. I was really, really determined to go back and to like re-strengthen my spirit to be able to keep going because ceremony has lifted me up and gave me that hope and it gave me that courage to be able to to do this, <laughs> um, to take it on and to understand it. Mm-hmm. And, and while um, 
I was fasting, COVID happened. <laughs> so here I'm already on lockdown at home. Now there's everyone else is on lockdown. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, and I was like, all right. I feel like I have a lot and I'm ready to go back and make sense of it in the world and the world shuts down. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> hmm. So what is this teaching me? So I, I slowed down instead of trying to get back to my go 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 mentality like I was like you know you need to slow down and take this in Mm -hmm. um and the cancer spread again oh it spread again and it had went to um my lungs this time my left lung in two places so I had just gotten surgery uh in June on June 5th yeah, on June 5th, I had gotten surgery again. Um, and things were good. Things were good. Um, so good that I ended up <laughs> I ended up going sun dancing <laughs> like a week. <laughs> like, like a week and a half after getting out of surgery. I was like, you know, I'm meant to be here. Mm-hmm. And throughout all of this, there has been like, so many stories there are so many layers to this healing like there's the obvious like the physical part that it anyone would be like whoa that's a lot but then there are those layers that people don't really know about that are happening in private that are happening with people close with me like family um so like I had said in the beginning I was told in ceremony that having to deal with that sexual abuse um, when I had did the TED talk or red talk, red talks. when I did the red talks, um, before doing that, I had actually gone to court that morning and I had stood in court and I finally spoke my truth that what happened to me when I was a teenager and, you know, it was moved forward and that took a lot. That was hard. One of the hardest moments, honestly, that was harder than going through chemo. To stand up there and there was so much strength looking to like the left of me. I had all the women that I love that are closest to me all sitting there. They were in ribbon skirts and they were standing behind me. They weren't speaking for me or anything. They were just there, you know, to show their love and support. And of course, my husband was there too. And I have never, ever, in all of these years, with all this hardship, ever felt so empowered. Mm-hmm. To be able to look over to the man that had hurt me. And to feel and see how small he was. You know, I walked away feeling like, oh, like, a hundred pounds lifted off my back, like, all this weight all this years like I didn't disclose for like 13 years like I kept that shit to myself sorry mm-hmm. can't say shit but okay and and it felt good it felt really really good and when I had Sundance this is the part that a lot of people are like what I didn't Sundance for my health this last time I sundanced to forgive him I sundanced to let him free 
to let that go. And it was, it was really, really, it was powerful. You know, when I had gave my intentions for what I was dancing for, um, they pierced me. And that was the first time they ever pierced a woman ever in that lodge. Mm. And I was so out of like so much humility and so much like gratitude, you know, to help me and to help me through this. And um, yeah, it, it was, it was beautiful. So after that Sundance, I pushed forward for a restorative justice approach. <laughs> you know, I didn't see any need anymore to put him in jail for the rest of his life because that's easy. That would have been easy. You know, it's harder to be able to forgive someone and that's what I needed to do. And that's what I did. And he doesn't even know it yet. <laughs> but I did. To be able to say, I forgive you. It's so powerful. And yeah, so I'm hoping that's like that, that layer is <laughs> it's dealt with <laughs> but you know there's always more to learn and always more to to do especially as a mom of boys you know now there's a reason why I was given two sons and no daughters like were you know to be there for them and to teach them things and to keep teaching them these things and to break those cycles mm-hmm. yeah and I was gonna say what actually changed my whole mentality is when I fasted, I had this other dream when I was out there of my grandma. And this one, um, she was there and it was kind of creepy actually because they were like holding this corpse <laughs> my and my mom and my grandma, she passed, but it was her physical self. And they were going to the ceremony and they were inviting me to come and, and they were telling me that like, we're always going to be connected and we're always going to be able to talk to each other and we're always going to be able to be there for each other. And she was telling me, just accept it. So coming out of of the fast, I was like, accept death? No, I, I can't accept that. But I thought about it and I prayed about it and it was more of in the terms of surrendering, just learning to surrender to God and to trust this process and trust that you know those messages that I was given in ceremony that I'm gonna get through this they're gonna come they're gonna come to light but there is a lot of stuff that I need to learn before that happens it's not going to be like a a scantron test where it's like this is the answer and this is the step and this is the logical linear reasoning for it it's no I had to go out into the world and deep within and then out again and in and then to the people I love and it's just oh my goodness it's been wild (laughs) wild and beautiful yeah so thanks thank you for that Afri can you hear me okay, Amber? So just the, to our listeners here, um, I'm in person with Ashley right now. And we have, we are, um, we have Amber zooming in, not zooming in, sorry. Uh, what do you call it? Calling in? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> Do you have any questions, Amber? So I don't, I don't have any, um, I don't have any questions. I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of at a, like, <laughs> so when Ashley was talking, there was a lot of stuff that came up and, uh, for me and, um, and it's, it's, I just want to honor and acknowledge that your story and your stories, Ashley, are extremely powerful. Um, and, I, and I, more specifically around the story that, the stories that you tell about uh, sexual assault, sexual abuse, mm-hmm. and the courage and the bravery that you have um in telling those stories and 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 I just I again I just want to honor and acknowledge that there is immense courage that comes with what you did and what you have been doing mm-hmm. and um I just want to show gratitude uh to you or or tell you how grateful I am that you have that you are doing this um and I think one of the biggest something that came up for me is one of the things I talk about a lot is um, about how we have a lot of work to do in our communities and we know this and Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about this all the time you know Uh, but one of the things that we don't often talk about is the sexual abuse and if we're not able to talk about the sexual abuse and I say not able um, because as we know, many of the perpetrators of sexual abuse and sexual violence are people that we know mm-hmm. and they're either family or friends or, or friends of family. And so it makes it extremely difficult in our very small communities to be open about sexual abuse because our perpetrator might live, still live with us. And, um, and so I think that what you have done along with others that I, I know who have told their stories, it, again, it's just, it's, it's, one of the most profound acts of courage that I've ever known in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to say thank you, Ashley, for being that voice Mm -hmm. for so many of not just our women, but our men too. And our two spirit folks as well. And um, I'm so thankful for you. Um, I'm so thankful for, for you and, uh, and I've watched you throughout. I mean, and Ashley and I met playing ball <laughs> and, uh, and uh, we, I know her as Crashly, but um, that's a whole nother story, but uh, I'm sure. But, uh, but um, Ashley and I met playing ball and, uh, and I've known Ashley uh, and watched her do what she has done. And I am always just amazed at how you have managed, how you've coped, how you've walked this world. Um, And so, again, I think it's more just gratitude that I want to share. I'm so grateful Mm -hmm. for you, Ashley. And thank you so much for sharing what you have uh, with everybody and, uh, and your willingness and your courage um, to share what you have. So I, I think I just want to just say thank you. 
you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) But you're, you're right. Like this work is ours to do. And the biggest healing is going to come when we do it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't leave it up to the Canadian government to step in and fix this. Like, we all know how that story goes. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and this is our work. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people think like, oh, I, I can't, you know, face the guy or woman or person that harmed me to that degree. And I want to tell them you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. our ceremonies are so strong that you can do all of this healing without ever, ever having to go face to face with that person. Right. And you step into these spaces for you and for your kids and, you know, the generations before and after you. And it, oh man, unless you like walk in this ceremonial space, it's really hard to put a description on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part. You just have to actually do it and feel and not be afraid to step in because chances are no one's going to tell you to go away they're going to welcome you with love and open arms in my experience anyway mm-hmm. and I think that I like we so Ashley and I were we're talking before we started recording here and we were talking about just just catching up about our summer and you know oftentimes we uh when we go into some of these lodges we we don't know what we're going in for necessarily and we don't know the process if it's a new if it's the first time that we are in that particular ceremony Um, and so you know there's sometimes that anxiousness of making sure like I know for me is is not wanting to do things wrong making sure that I'm prepared um, that I'm not disrespectful in any in any mm-hmm. way but really you know and, and that happened for me the last you know uh, last week was that last week or a couple weeks ago and, and going into a lodge that I had never been to before and really just surrendering mm-hmm. surrendering to that process and just being with it and living it and experiencing it you know when I think about you know one of an elder shared with me that you know, some of the research that I'll be doing, looking at going into the fall is around, um, is around ceremony um, and our healing practices. And, and as a graduate student, that's, that's kind of the area that I focus on is Indigenous healing practices. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I remember sitting with this elder and he said, the only way that, you know, you're going to be able to help others is to help yourself mm-hmm. first. Um, and ensuring that you're taking care of yourself and ensuring that you are um, experiencing it first for yourself. And I think about our social workers in the field who are helping our families and who are working with our children um, and what that looks like for them and their self-care and how they're taking care of themselves and ensuring that they're also working through their stuff so that again, that there is no harm that is transferred um, in the profession to our families and to our children. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's just kind of where my thoughts went with that one. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And like the um, the most recent, I guess you both of you ladies already know, but 
um, a lot of the viewers might not, but I'm awaiting a scan in a couple of days. And the doctors and the surgeons are basically this, I'm one test away from being put on, you know, hospice, basically hospice care, hospice? Hospice, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Basically terminally ill or cure or I'm cured and that is a heavy heavy test the biggest test ever oh my goodness Mm -hmm. to be able to be like okay this is gonna determine whether I live or die you know according to you and I went into a deep deep hole Mm -hmm. like I have never questioned or you know, just dwelled on my mortality as much as I have after hearing, you know, those results Mm -hmm. and that consultation. And it's okay to not be okay. Like, Mm -hmm. I just took the time, just kind of retreated and processed it. And I cried and cried and cried and cried. And what really got me through a lot of this was the rejection of other people's narratives mm-hmm. that really helped me through you know 2018 2019 <laughs> 2020 here we are again and you know a test is never gonna say like you're gonna live or die it's because they don't they will never be able to measure your own willpower or your spirit or Mm -hmm. you know all of those sorts of factors and it is a challenge to be able to silence those narratives and oh my goodness I probably wouldn't have gave up a long time if I didn't have such deep faith Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so whether or not you know whatever the outcome of the the test is um I have my medicines and I don't have like a be all end all with just that piece of paper. It's there's ceremonies, there's getting back out on the land. There are all these different ways that I'm still continuing to learn. I'm not going to come in here and be like, Oh, I know it all because no, never. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I am just that a young indigenous woman, you know, trying to resurge her culture (laughs) Mm -hmm. in the best way that she knows how. And Mm -hmm. I have a question for you, Ashley. Yeah. I think it's, it's a question that I've been asked uh, when I, uh, and I talked about this, I think in the first, or an episode with, with some, one of the, in season one was that um, I had once been asked where my strength or my courage or where my inspiration came from. Mm -hmm. And um, that's a question that I want to ask you. You know, and again, like Amber mentioned it, we've, you know, we've, we know you, Ashley, and we've know, mm-hmm. you know, your journey and how courageous you've been. Um, and so I ask you, where do you find, where does your courage, where does your strength, where does your motivation and your inspiration mm-hmm. come from that helps you move through this? Well, first would definitely be God, that belief and that faith that you're loved and being taken care of always and that there's purpose 
behind all of this and just creator you know that's number one um and I would definitely have to say within all of the communities that I belong to like of course there is the indigenous academic I like to call it communities that I belong to and that that really helps in like you know dismantling and decolonizing and breaking it down and understanding all those different pieces that is that are so overwhelming at times and then to have that you know that love and support in in that way of how do I make sense of it in in that way um and then there is my of course my ceremonial family who give me that that emotional and that spiritual strength and love um you know, and of course, my boys, my sons, they give me such a big purpose to keep going and keep going because I just can't, <laughs> I can't fathom the thought of not being here to watch them grow up. That, that really hits the soul hard. <laughs> and um, my friends, I belong to such a wonderful strength community. <laughs> And they're full of strong men, strong women, and power lifters, and just just wonderful people from all walks of life. Um, that they really step up and check on us, check on my husband, you know, support him. Because a lot of the time, I, I do know that the spotlight gets put on me, but there are also my boys going through this. Mm -hmm. There's also my mom that are going through this. Mm -hmm. You know, my husband, he's coming through this with me. And it took a big toll on their mental health and their their just general well-being. Um, but to answer your question, <laughs> um, it doesn't just come from one place. It comes from many, mm -hmm. many places. And I'm really, really grateful that if there was one lesson I could walk away from all this is that the power of love is stronger than anything. And that sounds so corny, but wow, mm -hmm. love, love completely erased like racism mm -hmm. <laughs> from stepping in on this journey and love totally like erased, um, you know, all that, the sexual violence from stepping in on this journey. And I'm really, really grateful for that. I love that. And I love that because, you know, this is obviously episode one of season two um, and episode one of season one with uh, Dr. Leona Makokis. We talked about love at the end. Remember, Amber? Mm -hmm. You know, mm. and then to be back in this space and to talk about love mm -hmm. and our love for one another and our love for our families and our community. And I love the way that you put that, Ashley you know, and that it erases all that other stuff, mm -hmm. you know, because that is our first law. And, and you know, it, it's such a beautiful connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So as we wrap up, Ashley, mm -hmm. is there any closing comments uh, that you would like to share uh, with our listeners? Oh, Wow, there's so much I would love to share, but to simplify it, um, don't be afraid to do your own healing work. Take that step. Like, 
I have gotten so many people messaging me and talking to me in person or reaching out to me in whichever way on how just my transparency with my journey has changed their life. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, I don't want to be really super holy or act holy or anything, but oh my goodness, to be able to hear that someone quit doing drugs for like, they did it for like 10 years because they seen all the challenges that I have gone through and they were felt like they were wasting their life and they had no, like, why am I doing this? You know, your healing is going to help someone else with their healing. Mm. And the biggest, biggest thing out of all of this is my oldest son, um, I was in an abusive relationship with him and he completely changed because of my journey and to be able to give the gift back to my son that you can have your dad in your life now like you know it's going to be a healthy relationship moving forward for you is every mother wants that Mm -hmm. you know and that was one of the highlights of all of this to be honest and just because I took that step like Granted, creator was like throwing me in the river, but <laughs> boy, did I learn how to swim. <laughs> I guess take it upon yourself to really heal yourself because your healing is going to ripple out for someone else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and and I appreciate that um, because I agree with you. I agree that. Um, and I'll share one quick thing. Um, when I was uh, when I was seventeen, um, mm-hmm. I had a father figure in my life. Uh, I'm very thankful that I had a couple of dads. Uh, and uh, so, one of the um, men in my life who was like a father to me uh, had colon cancer, and mm-hmm. uh, and losing him. Uh, in the physical world was really, really life altering for me. And I remember um, when he was sick, uh, that um, he would talk about being medicine, and he would talk about uh, the good medicine that we are, and that we can be. And I think that that's exactly who you are, is you are good medicine. Um, You are good medicine to other people. And you spread that good medicine. And even when you're not, you know, like you mentioned earlier, it's okay to not be okay. And and we always have to make sure that we leave room for people to not be okay. And there's still mm-hmm. strength in not being okay. Um, and so I, I just I thank you for being the good medicine uh, that my uncle talked about back then. Um, and thank you for spreading good medicine to the world, because that is exactly uh, what I believe that you're doing. Oh, thank you. So thank you, Ashley, for joining Amber and I on Two Crees in a Pod. We appreciate um, you being here with us today and, and being so open and sharing your story with us. I, 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 I love you, aunties. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Two crees in a pod. Two crees in a pod. Hey, Natani means. Yeah. Let's go. 
They pushed us to this point Frustrations of a common man Manifest the destiny Preach and pledge the promised land I'm stuck between taking my journey Live with no honor Like what's the use of my kids Can't taste clean water A child born into a world Revolution's not a choice Fighting to be heard So we make them hear our voice Remember ancestors Anguish lightning in our veins Hear it in a language When they are kitchen for the rain I am product of people That persevere persecution Paint me so creator sees me If I go out shooting Experience our pain When our women disappear daily Anxious to be angry, pacifists might hate me Trolls on the internet constantly trying to bait me We move in silence, cover of the night Learning from the wolves in the forest Tracking enemies in the woods Reincarnations of warriors riding for salvation Or are we false prophets when we submit to temptation? Colonization is a hell of a drug We all seem to go crazy when we fall in love I said colonization is a hell of a drug We all seem to go crazy when we fall in love I said